Bonsoir, fellow fanatics. This is Feeding the Wendigo, and I am your host, Ray. I forgot to add the beginning disclaimer last episode. I will be talking about violence, murder, and cannibalism on this program, so so if that is not your cup of tea, perhaps find somewhere else to find something to listen to as you prepare your Cheerio dinner. This is episode 2, and I will be talking about Hannibal, season 1, episode 2. Before I get started, I want to make a quick clarification. In my intro episode, I referenced some research done by Janice Poon on what human flesh tastes like. I said vaguely a reporter. His name was William Seabrook. He was a reporter for the New York Times, and he acquired the human meat from a med student. I was pretty vague on the details in the intro, so I'm clarifying now. The mushrooms. I love the mushrooms. I'll not apologize for this. I garden myself and can't help but admire this series of killings. I, of course, do not condone murder or the using of living humans as fertilizer, but I do have the ability to recognize the inherent beauty of that kind of thing. Please don't kill people. So this episode starts out with Will in a firing range practicing. The target changes into Garrett Jacob Hobbs, and he freaks out a bit before. Guess what? It was all a dream, and he wakes up to Jack knocking on his car window. I'm going to take this opportunity to say my I hate Jack for this episode. Alright, here it is. I hate Jack. He's just so rude to Will all the time. He doesn't really ever say please or thank you to Will, and he treats him like some sort of overconfident rookie when everyone knows that Will is definitely not that. Will is the most essential part of their team, and Jack treats him like rubbish. The least he could do is try to be nice. Will could quit on him at any point, and he would be out of the best mind he had. Jack needed someone to put him in his place from the very start. Alright, that's it for this episode. So they're at the Hobbs cabin, a place they believe was integral for the Shrike killings. I love the part where Jack says there had to be some parts of the bodies Hobbs wasn't eating and Will just says, not necessarily, because that's exactly what I thought when Jack said that. I know a lot of random things just from my random assortment of interests, so I immediately thought, You could completely get rid of a body. There are ways. I know that makes me sound like a serial killer, but what you gonna do? I haven't killed anyone. I've just thought about it. So they're in this room completely covered in antlers, and Jack implies that he is suspicious of Abigail. My initial thoughts about this were that he should really leave Will out of that a bit. Will Will would definitely have an emotional and or personal connection with her after having killed her dad and saved her life and it would do no good to make him upset while he is still working on a case. Will, of course, claims he is complete. she is completely innocent. I found that a bit foolish of him, but I can understand the sentiment. He has this empathy disorder, making it so he feels so much more than other people. It would break him completely at this point if the only person he managed to save was also a killer. Jack wisely shuts his mouth for the moment after that, and Will finds a single curly red hair in the room. Thus, we are introduced to Freddie Lowndes, another character I do not like as a person. I actually think it was really cool of them to make Freddie and Alana women in the series, as they were both originally men, making the only woman involved Beverly, and she was only really mentioned in passing. I don't like Freddie Lowndes for obvious reasons. She is scummy and terrible. She, she seems to have no moral compass aside from that murder is typically a no-no. She'll do almost anything just to further her career, and I hate that in people. I can understand being ambitious, goodness sakes, I can be freakishly ambitious at times, 
but I hate when it makes other people's when it makes other people suffer for your yeah I just mm -mm. anyway she runs a blog or a website or whatever called tattlecrime.com it's different from the books where the guy writes for a paper called the tattler side note I think it's really weird that she's introduced in a scene where she's on her computer just completely naked. I don't know about you guys out there, but I never just sit at my computer without clothes on. I've had a paranoia of webcams and technology somehow being hacked, instilled in me from a young age, so I make sure there's no technology anywhere near being able to see me when I'm even remotely undressed. I just think it's weird. I have so many side notes, I might as well rename the podcast, Raise Hannibal Side Notes. If you think that would be a better title, feel free to hook me up on Tumblr. I'm William Teddy Grahams, all lowercase, dashes between the words. Check me out. I'm not super popular. Okay, another side note, or maybe just another note. I guess this is my podcast, so nothing is really a side note if I don't want it to be. Another thing. The Hannibal theme is so weird. Like, I love it, and it makes me grin like a maniac every time I hear it, but it's weird. It's not even really music. I don't even know how to describe it. Whenever I'm watching it with someone, I just violently hum when the theme starts, and it really freaks people out. It also somehow really fits the show. Like, it's really weird, and it's definitely, definitely an acquired taste, but it's ultimately enjoyable for some so Will Graham walks into his lecture hall and the students applaud. He was obviously expecting it, but is not pleased about it. He makes them stop quickly. He clearly shows that he doesn't think what he does is worthy of applause, seeing it as either a necessary evil or so distasteful that it should be put out of the mind if possible. I can understand that. But I do want to add that he seems like a fantastic teacher. He gave the students a trick question, but he doesn't rub it in their faces like most teachers I've had. He just states the facts, there's no clue, just intuition. I like teachers that do this kind of thing. I've failed classes because I don't participate in the classroom enough, but I think that it's a stupid way of measuring intelligence. He just talks at them, and he makes sure it's not social. That's the kind of class I like to be in. After the lecture, Alana comes in and warns Will that Jack is planning an ambush. Jack wants Will to return to active duty in the field. He also wants Will to get a psychological evaluation. I think it's very cute that Will is worried that the eval will be with Alana. He clearly had a thing for her and knows it will make things weird if they have to enter that kind of doctor-patient relationship. But no, Hannibal is better suited because their relationship isn't personal. Will is pretty gruff with Jack here, and I think he may have been more so if Alana weren't there. He's always a bit softer when she's around. He doesn't expressly agree to the eval, but it's obvious by the end of the conversation that he will at least talk to Hannibal about it. Of course, Jack doesn't pick up on that and shouts after Will to keep trying to convince him. Will makes a point in this scene that I've also had some concerns about. He says that therapy doesn't work on him because he knows all the tricks. I've taken several psychology courses and I'm continuing to take more because I just like them and I'm a complete nerd. I know all the tricks, or most of them. That being said, I also struggle with anxiety and depression. 
I thought therapy wouldn't work on me because I always know exactly what the therapist is trying to do. In ways, I think it is less effective on me because of this, but I let my therapists do what they want and follow along for their satisfaction. I've learned a few things in therapy, but I mostly just go so that I can know what therapy is like so I can write about it later. Don't tell my therapist. Cut to Hannibal and Will in Hannibal's office. Will is up on the second level, clearly accepting Hannibal's extended offer of friendship. This is one of the things Hannibal would consider rude, but doesn't because it's Will. He wants to be friends with Will, so it is not intrusive or rude for Will to make himself at home in his space. Hannibal rubber stamps Will, declaring him sane and fit for field work. This is another way he offers his friendship to Will. He doesn't want this to be an appointment for a patient. He wants it to be a conversation between friends. It clearly works, too, because Will was obviously worried about how his first session would go and what Hannibal would conclude. By not having to worry about that, he can be open and honest with Hannibal, and even sassy. He throws questions back at Hannibal, and Hannibal is perfectly willing to answer. It's the way conversations go with friends, after all. And finally, we get to the mushrooms. Oh yeah, one of my favorite scenes. So these kids find some bodies in the ground covered in mushrooms. Jack and the team are summoned, meaning Will is dragged along. Jack acts like a giddy kid on Christmas that Will is cleared for active return, and Will is understandably wary of him. In the middle, we get this we get a little scene of Beverly talking to Will, and I only have one thing to say about it. For someone so smart, Beverly really should know the name of Newton's cradle. I mean, I've always wanted one, so maybe it's weird that I know what it's called, but she is a science person, so I don't think it would be too much to ask. Okay, so Will goes to the scene and does his magic reversing time thing, which I adore to heaven and back. I'm actually working on developing this skill, as I believe I have all the abilities required, but it isn't coming naturally to me. Anyway, he sees through the killer's eyes and is reliving the burying of a body. He hallucinates that Hobbes is in the grave, and then the dude who really is in the grave turns out to be alive. He dies pretty quick, but it sure gave Will a fright. And we get our first real taste of how scummy Freddy Lowndes is. She manipulates a local cop into telling her about Will and takes a picture of him over the graves. She lies really smoothly, though she does go a little far with her lies when she says she drove separately from her family. I just think that was unnecessary of her, but I'm not a scumbag, so I guess I wouldn't know. So Will goes back to Hannibal to confess that he may in fact not be perfectly sane. Hannibal reassures him, as friends would, that there are more explanations for that kind of hallucination than being insane. I really love this specific interaction because Hannibal clearly wants Will to recognize and or embrace his darker side, but Will is trying really hard not to. Hannibal makes sly little statements about Hobbes being Will's victim and Will enjoying killing, but Will deflects all of it and brushes it aside. Then they talk about the case, and I love everything about the mushrooms, so I love this scene. Hannibal asks about the arms, which I could tell from the start were only exposed for the intravenous feeding. But you know, everyone can't be as smart as me. Just kidding, I am a complete idiot. I do like the the term esoteric that Will uses. I always enjoy adding new terms to my vocabulary, so I suppose Hannibal's ignorance was worth it for the addition of that term at least. Despite how Hannibal seemed to be one step behind both Will and I through the scene. 
I did thoroughly enjoy when he talks about how the structure of a fungus mirrors that of a human brain. It's just a very Hannibal kind of thing to know. Random connection that absolutely no one was asking for. In Hannibal Rising, the movie, as I have not yet read the book, Hannibal makes a brochette using the cheeks of Herr Dorschlich and mushrooms that he picked from the forest. So, mushrooms. I don't even know why I'm so fascinated with the mushrooms. I'm so scared of mushrooms that I will almost never eat them of my own free will. I've eaten them when they are on pizza or in a soup that I can't tell, but they freak me out. Anyway, I love how Hannibal manages to say exactly the right thing to help Will get to the place mentally that he needs to be to understand the killer. He gently leads Will by the hand through the forest of his mind until they reach the clearing of understanding. It's adorable and very good writing. In this scene, we also get the cute exchange where Hannibal compares Will to a fungus, and they both laugh while Hannibal makes hard eyes at Will so brilliantly I'm almost blinded whenever I watch it. Also, Freddy lands again. She recorded the session and is lying to Hannibal to try to get more information. I'm just glad Hannibal saw through it. I was worried for a bit that he would be oblivious to her being the scumbag she is, but he calls her out almost right away and deals with it. I would almost kill to know what he does that what he does after the scene. He asks what's to be done about that, and I wanted him to just kill and eat her, but obviously he doesn't. I would die to know what he does though, because the next time they meet, Freddy is clearly worse. Brian Fuller, if you ever hear this, I would really like to know what he did. I would die if I ever met you in person, so this is as close I'm as I am ever going to get to actually straight up asking you. <clears throat> Alright, now we get a scene of Hannibal having dinner with Jack. I seriously doubt this, is, this one is human, but you never know. Jack is incredibly intrusive asking about Will in this scene. I mean, he's at Hannibal's house being fed dinner. That's not exactly the place to be talking about Will. Amusingly for me, Hannibal flips the tables again, psychoanalyzing Jack and making him squirm. This is one of the places that Jack's behavior towards Will is really emphasized for me. He is very polite and courteous with Hannibal, showing that he is capable of being so. It just accentuates the fact that he doesn't bother with Will, because he really just never acts politely with him. Back at the lab, Will is learning more about gardening from Price and Zeller. I love this scene because science is the bomb. I'm seriously a very nerdy person, so the science team is my jam. Will and I came to the same conclusion at the same time as well in this scene. Diabetic ketoacidosis. I don't know a ton about medical stuff, but I know about diabetes because I have a huge family history of it. It also just kind of made sense, so when Will said it, I had come to the same thought. It really is such a clever way to get a victim, I'm not going to lie. I think this guy is smart. Putting someone into a diabetic coma just so you can bury them and feed them to your mushrooms is just insanely brilliant emphasis on the insane so they track down the pharmacist who manages to slip away before they get him but they save a girl from his trunk when beverly checks his internet history no one was very surprised to find that the guy had been reading an article freddie lounge wrote about will and he probably realized they were onto him the next part I kind of really love because the FBI basically roughs up Freddy and Jack threatens her because she is basically the worst. She's clever, but they still have something on her. 
She goes around and messes up crime scenes, which is a big no-no. They let her off easy, though, basically asking her to stop writing about Will. One thing to note about this scene, in the original script for the episode, Zeller was the one who told her about Will because they slept together. Uh, Zeller and Freddy, not not Will and anyone. Just realized that wording could have been a little messy. This cleared up the random shared looks during the scene, which confused me at first. I'm not exactly sure why they decided against it, but that's just the way it is now. Will visits Abigail in the hospital, and we see the raven stag walk down the hallway in his dream. I don't really have enough time in this episode to talk about all my theories and ideas on the symbolism of the raven stag, so that's all I'm going to say for now. Will wakes up to Alana reading to the comatose girl, and they have a pretty awkward conversation. I love Alana to death, but she tries to act like she hasn't been avoiding being in a room alone with Will when he clearly knows. She would have done better to just talk about it with him when he brought it up, but rather rather than try to act all innocent. She wants to talk about the article, which I think was natural. It's something a friend would want to talk about, though I think everything feels a bit less innocent when the questions are coming from a psychiatrist. I know a lot of my friends were wary of my questions as they knew I am a psychology nerd, so I can imagine it would be somewhat difficult to get genuine answers from people when you go into that field. Now back to Freddie Lowndes. I love this small scene we get next because it feels a bit like justice or karma. Freddie is talking to an officer who gave her a bit of info, and he gets shot in the head right in front of her by Eldon Stamets. I probably sound a bit mentally unsound when I say that seeing Freddie with that look of utter horror on her face made me glad, but it really did. She is a terrible person, and I hate her. I love her as a character, but I would probably punch her in the face if I ever met her on the street. I know I probably sound very redundant, but I love this next scene. This entire episode is full of scenes I adore. I just love the mushroom episode. So Will Will gets a call from inside the hospital when he is no longer in Abigail's room, and Jack tells him that Stamets knows about Abigail. Will finds Abigail missing and chases the guy down and shoots him. Stamets lives, but Will reveals to Hannibal later that he's not sure that's what he had wanted. When Stamets is sitting on the ground after being shot, he kind of explains to Will what his intentions were. He wanted to help Will connect to Abigail. At this point, Will can't be sure how Abigail will react on seeing him when she wakes up, and he most likely is terrified at the options. Last scene, Will talks to Hannibal, and they have a really interesting conversation about killers and killing. Of course, Hannibal doesn't discourage Will from feeling good about killing, and Will admits that he liked killing Garrett Jacob Hobbs. Hannibal likens killing to what God does, and I can't help but be impressed by his way of thinking. He says killing makes God feel powerful, when Will questions if God felt good about it. He does not try to say power is good or that they are mutually inclusive, but everyone knows the feeling of power can be addicting because it is like a drug in the way it feels. 
I really can't quite explain my fascination with this episode. I suppose it may have something to do with the combination combination of fascinations I have. I love biology as well as psychology, and the mushrooms really managed to combine those things for me in a way that was just enthralling. I also love gardening, so that probably adds to the interest. Okay, I want to apologize for my terrible audio editing in the previous episodes, as well as how long it took to get this one finished. I've been having some difficulties with my recording equipment on top of getting over a cold, so I had to make some unfortunate cuts in the audio before. It should be better now, but that's what that was all about. If you have any questions for me or suggestions or just want to talk, feel free to check out my Tumblr. I don't have any friends really, so I'm always open to conversation. That's all for tonight. Eat well and get some sleep. Au revoir et bon appétit.